What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mayalari. So today is a big day in the college football world. A lot of college football conference championship games are today, and it may determine what, te- what team and which teams end up in the college football playoff, uh, which those rankings will be coming out uh, in the next few days after these college football uh, championship games. And so we'll see how that goes. I'm excited to see who wins each conference, and I'm going to give my predictions for each one of them. I'll give you my college football playoff rankings right now. Before the USC loss, this is what it accounts for. Obviously, USC had a tough game last night and lost, so uh, it would change. But I'll give you my rankings before USC losing because I meant to record this before yesterday and I just never got the time. So I'll give that, give my rankings now that USC is basically done, and then give my predictions for each conference championship, and then also talk about the World Cup and give my predictions for the knockout round, which begins today. So first off, last week in college football, Ohio State played Michigan. One of the biggest rivalries in all of sports, the biggest rivalry in college football. Michigan won the game 45-23, to their first win in Columbus, Ohio since 2000, so very impressive for them. Heading into last week, Ohio State has dominated with 15 wins in their last 18 games since 2004, against Michigan, that is. Michigan won last year's game 42-27, to Michigan's first victory over Ohio State since 2011, and now this year they got another win, so two years in a row now. Both teams heading into the game were 11-0 on the year. Michigan was number three in the country. Ohio State was number two. Wolverines quarterback J.J. McCarthy before last week's game had 14 touchdown passes and two picks on the year with 213 rushing outs on the ground and three rushing touchdowns. So 213 on the ground, three rushing touchdowns with 14 touchdown passes and two picks. Last week he was 12-24 for 263 yards and three touchdowns. Buckeyes quarterback C.J. Stroud projected top pick in this year's NFL draft. 35 touchdowns and four picks on the year heading into last week with 2,991 passing yards, 31 for 48 in last week's game with 349 yards and two touchdowns with two picks. Buckeyes wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the best in the country, had 65 catches for 1,037 yards and 11 touchdowns in 11 games heading into last week. Last week's game had a big game yet again, seven catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. And then Michigan wide receiver Cornelius Johnson, Came up huge last week for Michigan. The Wolverines really needed it. Two touchdown receptions of 69 and 75 yards. He was 4 for 160 and two touchdowns. Four catches, 160 yards and two touchdowns in last week's game. Ohio State found themselves up 20 to 17 over Michigan half. End up losing the game. Former Everett High School defensive back and wide receiver Mike Sandristel. Sandristel plays cornerback now for Michigan. Came up with a huge pass breakup in the end zone. Uh, and also had another stop on a pass attempt at the one-yard line late in the game. Uh, former wide receiver for Michigan turned into a defensive back this year after they lost Daxton Hill. A cornerback that was on their team last year got drafted. They needed someone to step up and play corner for them, and he's had a great year for them. So very impressive and happy to see Everett, Massachusetts, continue to do big things in the college football world. So now I'm going to give my college football Playoff predictions uh, and rankings before yesterday's loss for USC, uh, which was a brutal loss for USC. They can't really lose that game, but they did. Somehow found a way. I'll give my predictions prior to that game and then say what I think now because at the end of the day, I'm never going to change my picks. If I record it after like I am right now, I'm honest and I say it. So at the end of the day, uh, obviously tough. But Georgia, I have it number one. 12-0 record on the year, averaged 38.3 points per game in the regular season. Stetson Bennett, quarterback that won them in the national championship last year, 16 touchdowns and six picks on the year with 3,151 passing yards and was only sacked seven times in 12 games, which is very impressive. And Georgia's dominated really the whole season. They only had one one-possession game this year, and it was 26-22, a win over Missouri. So they've had a great year overall, and honestly, at the end of the day, they've just been dominating. So I have them as the number one team. Number two, I have Michigan at 12-0. That win over Ohio State last week 
Brought a lot of people over. Michigan, honestly, could be number one in the country right now, honestly, truly. But I got Georgia at one. I got Michigan at two. I got TCU at three. 12-0 record on the year, just like Michigan, just like Georgia. Only undefeated teams in college football right now. Started quarterback for TCU, Max Duggan, has had a great season. 29 passing touchdowns with three picks. Also added five rushing touchdowns on the ground. Running back Kendra Miller is a very versatile playmaker. Great vision and hits a hole well. 1,260 rushing yards on the year with 16 rushing touchdowns. My number four team heading into yesterday was USC, 11-1 record in the regular season. Lincoln Riley's first year at USC has been a major success after leaving Oklahoma. He's won five in a row heading into yesterday's game. Uh, obviously, now they got that loss, and they probably do end up out of the cultural playoff rankings. But as I said, I'm recording this afterwards, so I'm giving you what I had beforehand, and now I'll give you my predictions for what I have now. Uh, USC averaged 42.5 points per game, which is third best in all of college football. 3,712 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, and three picks for Caleb Williams on the year. With 351 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns for Caleb Williams, a transfer from Oklahoma. Ohio State, I have at number five, just outside of the college football playoff. Ohio State, 11-1, had a loss last week to Michigan, as I said. Could still maybe sneak in. Uh, it could end up being Alabama, too. Uh, one of them is going to sneak in with USC's loss. I think it ends up being Ohio State, but we'll see what happens. Tennessee, number six I have at 10-2. And, and the loss of their electric quarterback, Hendon Hooker, I think is the best quarterback in the country. Lost him for the year with a torn ACL. Devastating injury. I still think he goes to the NFL draft this year. And I'm going to give my NFL draft uh, predictions, my mock drafts. Probably the next month I'll start doing one every few weeks. But as of now, right now, if I'm ranking every quarterback, I go Hendon Hooker 1, CJ Stroud 2, Bryce Young 3, Anthony Richardson 4, Will Levis 5. And that's just out of the big five that everyone talks about. There's one quarterback that does not get enough respect, as he should, and I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, one of the most underrated players in all college football. And his name is Michael Penix, a quarterback for the University of Washington. Had a great season for them. Transferred over from Indiana uh, this year. So his first year at Washington. First year playing in the Pac-12. Had a great season. 29 passing touchdowns and 7 picks. With a 155.5 passer rating. With 4,354 passing yards, which is number one in all of the FBS. Number one in all of college football, Division One a uh, which is very impressive. Adding in... 29 touchdowns of 7 picks, and also adding in a 66% completion percentage, which is great. Then you look at what he did on the ground as well. 86 rushing yards with also 4 rushing touchdowns. So in total, 33 touchdowns on the year in 12 games. And then you add in the 4,354 passing yards, which is number one in all college football. Very impressive year for him. I think at the end of the day, he'll still probably end up being a second-round pick just based off his injury history. Heading into this year, he hasn't really stayed healthy in all college football. He played three games in 2018 as a freshman at Indiana. As a redshirt freshman in 2019 at Indiana, he only played six games. As a redshirt sophomore in 2020 at Indiana, he only played six games. And then in 2021, his last year at Indiana, he was a junior and he only played five games. So this year is technically a redshirt junior, although I think he's probably going to declare for the NFL draft. We'll see what happens there. But I do think his injury history maybe makes him be a second-round pick. But I think at the end of the day, if I'm ranking those big five quarterbacks, and those are the only quarterbacks everyone's talking about, that's why I'm ranking those five, I think Penix is just as good as any. I think it's Hendon Hooker and Penix, honestly, truly. I think, I think Penix could be one of the best quarterbacks in this draft. He doesn't get the hype, obviously, since Washington, although they had a very good year. He doesn't get the hype as the other five have and do because the other five going into this year were all talked about. And Hendon Hooker obviously had a great year for Tennessee. Bryce Young had a great year last year. And also having a good year this year, not as good, but a good year. CJ Stroud, very good quarterback. Will Levis just has the arm, really, but I'm not too impressed with what he's done this year. Hasn't had as good of a year as everyone thought he would, I don't think. And then Anthony Richardson, a good quarterback as well. But I think at the end of the day, Penix just didn't get the hype that he should have. And I'm very, very much impressed with what I've seen out of him this year. And one of my friends, Dylan, actually 
Shout out Dylan is the one that told me about him. And he was right. Penix can play. 10-2 record on the year. He got Washington too. Very impressive year for them. And we'll see what they do in the bowl game. We'll see what bowl they get. Hopefully he plays in it. But if he doesn't, I respect that. But overall, in his college career, 58 passing touchdowns and 22 picks. Very impressive with a 142.9 passer rating. 8,551 passing yards and a 62.5 completion percentage, adding in 10 rushing touchdowns. So 68 total touchdowns in his career in college with 22 picks. Very impressive. I've loved what I've seen out of him this year, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in all college football. And as I said, I think he's a top-three quarterback in this class. I do. And he might end up being a second-round pick just based off the injury history. No one wants to take him in the first round because of that. Since he's only played 20 games heading into this year in four years of college football since he was always hurt. But I think at the end of the day, the talent is there. I'm really impressed with what I've seen out of that kid. At the end of the day, I would take him, as I said, as a top three quarterback in this year's draft. Number seven, I have Alabama at 10-2. Just to go back for a second, I had Tennessee at 10-2. As I said, losing Hendon Hooker was basically the end of their season. Seventh, I have Alabama at 10-2. I think Alabama could sneak in. I think they could sneak in. I think it's between them and Ohio State with LSU. Uh, obviously, being my eighth team, LSU being out, though. So LSU is really not in competition. But it's really between Ohio State and Alabama for who takes over for USC. So we'll see what happens there. I'm very uh, excited to see what happens in today's games. I'm going to go with LSU being the eighth team at 9-3. Brian Kelly's first year coming over from Notre Dame. Had a good year. Started out the year very shaky, losing to Florida State. Recovered well, but did lose this past Saturday. Uh, last Saturday, so a week ago from today, to Texas A&M, 38-23. And at the end of the day, you're losing that game. You're not going to get a chance in the college football playoff. Their chances are zero, in my opinion. But they're still in the SEC championship today, and we'll see what happens in that game. I'll give my predictions in just a second. So all in all, one through eight before that loss for USC yesterday, I had Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, and LSU. And now, at the end of the day, what my predictions would be is Georgia at one, Michigan at two, TCU at three, Ohio State at four, because I think the college football playoff committee will be psyched to give Ohio State another chance to be in it. And then I got Ohio State, uh, as I said, at four, and then I got Alabama and uh, USC at five and six. So we'll see what happens. Uh, actually, I think USC could honestly fall past Tennessee, honestly. I'd probably go Bama at 5, Tennessee at 6, and I'll go USC at 7. That's a bad loss. At the end of the day, they need to be better than that. So now I'm going to get my predictions for every single conference championship game today. So for the Big 12, it is Kansas State 9-3 on the Everest TCU, who is 12-0. My prediction is that TCU wins this game 43-37. I see it being a very close game. I think TCU, they put up a lot of points, as I said. They are at 41.3 points per game, which is third best in all college football. And they also beat Kansas State earlier in the year, 38-28 on October 8th. Kansas State, very good team, though, 9-3 record, number 10 team in the country. TCU, as I said, having a great year, 12-0. I think it's going to be a great game to watch. I have TCU winning that game. The Pac-12 yesterday was Utah versus USC. Utah 9-3 on the year, USC 11-1. I had USC winning this game 41-23 to in my predictions. Never got to record this in time, as I said. Utah ended up winning that game 47-24. to Utah had 533 yards of offense. So they just really marched down the field the entire game. Utah quarterback Cameron Rising threw for 310 yards and also added three passing touchdowns as well. Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, 363 yards passing with three passing touchdowns and a pick. Utah beat USC earlier in the year in the regular season, 43-42. to That's why I thought this game... Uh, would go USC's way. I didn't think they'd, lo they'd lose twice to Utah. But at the end of the day, they gave USC their only loss in the regular season and now gave USC another loss, taking them out of the college football playoff. So for the SEC, it is LSU 9-3 on the year versus Georgia, who is 12-0. LSU lost to Texas A&M last week to end the regular season, which is an abysmal way to end the year. 
I'm going to go with Georgia winning this game 30-20. to The ACC, it is Clemson 10-2 versus UNC 9-3. I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm going to go with Clemson winning 27-23. to I think Clemson, at the end of the day, they have lost games this year. They should have won. Uh, I know, obviously, it's a long season. You don't have Trevor Lawrence there anymore also. But losing to South Carolina last week 31-30 to is a tough way to end the regular season. And DJ Uangalele had a horrible game. 7 of 28 passing for 25% completion percentage. 96 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick, and a 58.44 passer rating. And Will Shipley was their entire offense and their only offense. 16 carries, 135 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Spencer Rattler had a great game, 25-39 passing, with 360 passing yards, two touchdowns, two picks, and a 148.3 passer rating. USC, South Carolina that is, ended the year very hot. They beat Tennessee, who, as I said, 10-2 on the year. They beat Tennessee 63-38 in the last game of their SEC schedule. They beat Tennessee 63-38 by 25 points. Hendon Hooker in that game before he tore his ACL. Had a great game. 25-42 of 42 passing with 247 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Also adding in a 29-yard run as well before he tore his ACL. That was a tough loss, obviously, for Tennessee. Losing him basically ended their season. But Tennessee finished yet very hot last week, beating Vanderbilt. Who had a bet at the end of the year. Vanderbilt was 5-6 heading into last week's game. Had a chance at making a bowl game. Tennessee went into Vanderbilt last week and won 56 to nothing. With their backup quarterback, Milton, throwing 11 of 21 for 147 yards and a passing touchdown. And if you look at what Vanderbilt's done in the year, Vanderbilt was pretty good. 5-7 and seven overall. They still finished dead last in the SEC, but they were still pretty good. Still pretty good. Texas A&M was also 5-7 and seven in Auburn as well. But still pretty good year for Vanderbilt, considering the years I've had in the past. Being 5-7, and seven, you'll take any day. Tennessee won that game 56-0. Uh, but South Carolina finished it very hot. Finish the year very hot. And you look at what they've done. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to give them credit the way they finished the year. To carry on Joyner, who's a wide receiver, former quarterback, went into that game against Tennessee, had six carries of 21 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He's now a wide receiver, former quarterback. Did throw a pass in that game uh, for 15 yards as well uh, against Tennessee. Last week against Clemson, they won that game 31-30, as I said, and DJ had a horrible game for Clemson. So, I think this could, this could be a close game. UNC number 23 in the country. Clemson number 9 in the country. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. Drake May, quarterback for UNC, one of the best in the country. 3,847 passing yards on the year with 35 passing touchdowns and 5 picks with a 165.15 passer rating in 12 games played with 6 rushing touchdowns and 629 yards on the ground as well. I've liked what I've seen out of him this year. He's one of the best in the country. Uh, and that's why I think they can be close in this game. But I think Clemson ends up pulling this win out, as I said, Close game, but I'll take Clemson winning 27-23. So the last two bowl games are college football conference championship games I want to talk about. Not bowl games yet. That'll be in a few weeks. Is the Big Ten is one of the last ones. Purdue 8-4 and in the year versus Michigan 12-0. and Purdue head coach Jeff Brom is 3-0 and versus top three ranked teams in his history, which is nuts. 3-0. and Purdue won their last three games of the regular season, and their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, 22 touchdowns for 11 picks on the year. I've already highlighted everything about Michigan, but I'm going to have Michigan winning this game 34-23. I think Purdue gives them the game, but I think Michigan pulls away at the end of the game and wins the game by 11. And then the last game I want to talk about is the MAC, the Mid-American Football Conference, which you guys all know I'm a big fan of. Ohio, 9-3 on the year versus Toledo, 7-5. Toledo coming up two close losses, losing by seven points to Bowling Green and six points last week to Western Michigan. Ohio coming in very hot, seven straight wins for them, and their quarterback having a great year, Curtis Rourke, 25 passing touchdowns to four picks. As to Toledo, Daquan Finn, who I've talked about a ton, their quarterback, 
He's had a great year for that Rockets offense. 21 passing touchdowns and 12 picks with eight rushing touchdowns as well. And then Toledo wide receiver Jawan Newton has had a great year. 42 catches, 711 yards, and nine receiving touchdowns. I'm going to go with Toledo winning this game 34-30. I think it's going to be a close game. I have them pulling it out, though, with a win in the fourth quarter, 34-30 Toledo. So now I'm going to give my predictions for the knockout round, which begins today for the World Cup. The Netherlands will be playing the U.S. today. The Netherlands... In the group stage, was 2-1. and one. They won Group A. As for the U.S., they were 1-0-2 oh, in Group B. Did not actually have a loss, which is very impressive. They tied Wales in Game 1. They tied England as well. And then beat Iran in their last game, 1-0, which was a great win for them. Uh, they had a great goal from Christian Pulisic, their best player. And at the end of the day, he put it all out on the line to try to make that play happen. They actually ended up getting hurt and leaving the game. But uh, obviously, it ended up working out for the U.S. being able to make it to the knockout stage. As for who I thought was going to make it out of the U.S.'s group, I was with Wales in England, which you guys know I like Wales. And it wasn't me rooting against the U.S. I just thought Wales, at the end of the day, was the better team. They were very disappointing, 0-2-1. They lost the game on a red card by their goalie, Wayne Hennessy. And the reason why I said they lost the game by it, they had to play with 10 guys versus Iran for the remainder of the game after he had a bad play. Their goalie, Hennessy, had a dirty play. Ended up playing with 10 guys, and Wales just could not recover. And they had a chance to compete, honestly. They had a chance to compete and try to make it out of the knockout stage. But at the end of the day, that loss... Uh, to Iran with only 10 guys just ended it for them. In this game for the Netherlands versus the U.S., I would take the Netherlands winning a very close game. 2-1 to one is my prediction. As Argentina versus Australia, that is the next game. Uh, Argentina 2-1 and one in the group stage. They started the tournament with a loss to Saudi Arabia, but woke up after that. As for Australia, they were 2-1 and one as well in the group stage. They made it over Denmark. Denmark was very disappointing. Another team that just did not show up. 0-2-1 for Denmark. I have Argentina winning this game. Next up is Japan versus Croatia. Japan, absolute wagon of a team. I like them making a run. They were 2-1 in the group stage. They won Group E. They beat Spain. They beat Germany. Another team that was surprised did not make it was Germany to the knockout stage. They will be playing Croatia. Croatia, 1-0-2. Did not record a loss in the group stage. They were the runner-up of Group F, though. Belgium not advancing was shocking. They were also in Group F. 1-1-1. One win, one loss, and a tie for Belgium. And then Canada was also in Group F at 0-3. Croatia made it out there, as I said, as a runner-up. I have Japan winning that game over Croatia. I'm going to give Japan a win 3-1. I got Argentina beating Australia 2-1. As for Brazil versus South Korea, Brazil 2-1 in the group stage. South Korea 1-1-1, so they have a loss, a win, and a tie in the group stage. Uruguay and South Korea had the same amount of points in Group H with four. Same goal for differential as well to zero, so it comes down even heavier down the tiebreaker line. It came down to goal scored which South Korea had more and had the advantage over Uruguay. So South Korea ends up making it into the knockout stage. Uruguay made the knockout round in each of the last three World Cups. Do not make it to the World Cup knockout stage this year. And then Ghana could have made it out of Group H over South Korea if they beat Uruguay, and they end up losing and could not make it happen. So South Korea ends up making it. I have Brazil winning this game, though, 3-1. to one. France versus Poland. That's the next game up. I have France winning this game 2-0 over Poland. France was 2-1 in the group stage. Absolute wagon of a team. Poland was tied with Mexico as the runner-up in Group C with four points apiece. Uh, they ended up having, having a better goal differential. They had a zero goal differential to Mexico's minus one. So they making it in over them. Mexico not advancing once again as yet another surprise, just like Germany, just like Denmark. So I have France... Beating Poland 2 to nothing. England versus Senegal. I had Senegal advancing, which at some point I'll give my uh, what happened and the outcome of my predictions from the group stage. I did not really have enough time to break that down today before today's game. 
But England versus Senegal. England 2-0-1 in the group stage and won Group B. They had a 0-0 game with the U.S., the only game they did not win of the three in the group stage. Senegal was 2-1 in the group stage. Very impressive. I had them making somewhat of a run in this tournament. I have England winning this game, though, 3-2. Morocco versus Spain. Morocco was 2-0-1 in the group stage. Spain was 1-1-1 in the group stage. Germany and Spain both had four points apiece as the runner-up in Group E. Spain had a six-goal differential, which was much better than Germany's, and they ended up making it in over them. I have Spain beating Morocco in this game, one to nothing. And then Portugal versus Switzerland. Another game that should be a good one. Portugal 2-1 in the group stage. Switzerland was 2-1 also in the group stage. So I said Switzerland was 2-1 in the group stage as well. They were in Group G. Brazil had the edge over Switzerland in Group G as the winner uh, by a goal differential of 2-1. Um, Switzerland ends up making it, though, uh, anyways, as the runner-up. But I have Portugal winning this game over Switzerland 1-0. So there's my predictions for the knockout stage, which does begin today. Hopefully the U.S. gets a win. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a close one. If the U.S. wants to win, though, they got to keep the game under Two goals. They got to win. If the U.S. is going to win this game, it has to be one to nothing or two to one. Anything over that, it's going to be tough for the U.S. to win. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And hopefully, in the college football conference championship game today, there's hopefully some good ones. I hope you guys enjoy it. Anyways, thank you guys so much as always for taking the time to listen to this. I really appreciate it, and hope you guys have a good one. Have a great weekend and enjoy yourselves. Thank you.